0: netcasts you love
1: from people you trust
0: this, this is twig bandwidth for this week in google is provided by cashfly c-a-c-h-e-f-l-y dot this is twig this week in google episode 83 recorded february 23rd 2011 the uncanny valley this week in google is brought to you by hover.com hover is domain name registration and management that's simple for 10 percent off your new domain go to twig.hover.com and by squarespace.com the fast and easy way to publish a high quality website or blog for a free 14-day trial go to squarespace.com slash twig it's time for Twig! This week in Google and the Cloud. Joining us are Google Clouders, starting with, of course, Gina Trapani from Lifehacker and her own site now, smarterware.org, and the great uh, think up. Right?
1: Think up. Think yes. Up. Hey, it's so great to have you back, Leo. Thank you, Jim. Looking very tan and thin I and am. refreshed.
0: I I had so much fun. It was really nice to, to get a little vacation. Thanks to Becky and Tom for filling in while I was gone. I appreciate it. They
1: that. were fantastic. Enjoyed I said it. to it them, were I want all of you at the same time, not just, you know, piecemeal.
0: <laughs> well, that's a good idea. In fact, I believe, well, I'll tell you about that in a second. I believe we will all be together again. And it, awesome. won't, be, it won't be in rock and roll heaven. It'll be sooner than that. But first, let me say hi to Jeff Jarvis of buzzmachine.com. He's a professor of journalism at the City University of New York and the author of a fine book called "What Would Google Do?"
2: Hey, how's uh, how's private? I mean, public parts coming? I'm uh, one third of the way through editing the manuscript. We're fighting over the uh, subtitle now. I'll ask you about it later. We oh, good We can do we a poll. We could, yes.
0: You know why? Yes. Because uh, I met in when I was in uh, Buenos Aires. I had a lunch after that event. I had another lunch with a bunch of people. And one of them, um, Mariano Wexler, was an um, entrepreneur who created a Twitter thing called POLLOWERS, P-O-L-L, POLLOWERS. And I used it yesterday. It's an enclosed beta. It's so
2: cool. It lets you do polls on Twitter. Very cool. Oh. So if you want help, we can well, do a well, little yes. poll. I'll, I'll do a real quick reading, okay? We'll get the chat room. Okay. So public parts is the title. Subtitle, candidates. One, public parts and expose. Two, if slightly we're so worried dirty. about privacy, why do we share a billion times a day? Ooh, okay. Three, privacy and fear, openness and opportunity. Four, what happens when companies, governments and individuals let it all hang out? <laughs> I like that. And five, the private self, the public sphere and principles for a new society.
0: Uh, we'll chat. I, well, I won't say anything. No, do. Yeah, no, what do you say? I, I, say what? I have a strong, a strong opinion. Which one? That uh, what happens when governments and let it oh, all hang okay. out. I like you. That you agree with
2: the publisher, uh, Gina?
1: Yeah, that one's pretty pro- provocative. I like um, I like the one: privacy and fears and public uh, publicness and, o- and opportunity. Uh,
2: okay. Yesterday, the, the editor and I were going for the billion times a day, but okay, all right, good. We thought it was uh, a private parts and exposé was a Twitter title. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. It's it clever. Probably doesn't too short. Very, very clever. Yes. So, all
1: right. Yeah, the, the Billion Times a Day, why do we we share a billion times a day? That one's pretty provocative, too. I like that one.
0: Yeah, but As remember, well. this is all about selling books.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: Yep. And and well, think... you agree with the the uh, the publisher, the boss man at Simon & Schuster, like the one you'd like, Leo, and I was pissy about it last night. Well, I mean, it doesn't look... No, I think you're... Mm. I think, uh, no, that's what I'm saying. My
0: first book, uh, Gina Smith and I, uh, who wrote it, uh, wanted to call it uh, How Do I Get the Dog Hair Out of the Disc Drive? And the publisher uh, chose the completely mundane "101 Computer Answers You Need to Know." Um, yep. So the <laughs> that'll publisher, yeah, that'll, that'll kill a book. <laughs> but you know, and somebody once told me, with the uh, our, our former program director at uh, Tech TV said, "You can be clever in a title, or you can communicate what it's about." But you, yeah. but you know, I think it's nice in a book to know what it's about. I kind of already have a joke with public parts. Yeah, public parts is great, and then the subtitle says really what it's about. Yeah, which is how how what does it
2: say it again? Uh, that one is. Oops! 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 Where'd it go? Where'd it go? Where'd it go?
1: Um,
2: <laughs> sorry, it was something like how governments and the public. It's uh, what happens when companies, governments, and people let it all hang out. I love that.
1: Yeah, that is
2: good. That says okay, that's what the book right. is about. You're bringing me around. All right. All right. We could do a,
0: a, a. Actually, it's too long for a poll on Twitter. I don't think I can get that on
2: 140 <laughs> yeah, <no. more>
0: letters. <laughs> Free consultation here, yes. <laughs> Twitter polls really have to be fairly succinct. Anyway, I miss you guys. It's great to see miss you again. You.
2: Yeah, it's so good to be uh, back. Tom, by the way, I don't, have you heard this before? I'd never heard before. He does a mean Leo imitation. No. Yeah, he yes. does. No. He does I think we have to have at South by Southwest? I think we have to have a Leo off.
0: <laughs> You're kidding me.
2: What blind test? Plus one.
0: Oh, Eileen, you knew about this and didn't tell me. <laughs> I want to hear it. I'm going back in time, and I, you know, it's all recorded. That's good. Well, he should. He's very, ta- you know, he's a talented guy. I really think Tom is so great. What a what a stellar addition to the network he has been.
1: He's I a natural. The guy never says um. It's amazing. Yeah, he's really. I've never heard really him say talented. that come out of his mouth. Yeah.
0: Well, thank you, Tom, for filling in. I really appreciate it. Um, and you mentioned South by Southwest. That's where we will all be together again. Is Becky? I think Becky's going to be there. We're doing a Twit at Momos. If you go to inside Twit, inside Twit dot TV, that's our company blog. Eileen's put up all the information you need to know about South by Southwest. We did Twit there last year with you two and a bunch of others, and I think we're going to have a very. How, how big is the current cast? It's it's fairly large I believe um, but we're gonna do it from Momos which is a nice little um club in Austin not right on sixth how far off of sixth of is it it's like a mile yeah, Cabot, right. Cabot probably um, we're gonna be Sunday March 13th we're gonna I'm gonna do the radio show at one Tom will do his show TNT at four and then we're doing twit at five. Uh, and uh, we'll do a meet-up after Twit, and I'll be there, Tom will be there, Sarah, Brian Brushwood, and we
2: hope you two will also be part of it. You that. bet. Wouldn't miss it. Highlight? Absolutely. Good. Yeah, you'll, you'll have to kick us off stage. You'll have to <laughs> shove us off. Well, I don't think
0: there'll be a large enough crowd for me to throw you into the crowd for crowd surfing. Crowd surfing. <laughs> 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 if there is, <laughs> the challenge will be on. <laughs> See if you can, you can uh, do a longer live crowd surf than I did last year. I
2: think <laughs> that just goes down in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I know? think we'll, they will yeah. never be duplicated. I, think that I was so happy I was there for that moment. It was the greatest moment ever. So <laughs> myself <out>. It was <laughs> a lot of it was a lot of <sighs> when, when you when you went down, did you at that moment kind of say, Oh crap, what have I just done?
0: No, I was ignorant. I found out later that it's actually dangerous, that uh the crowd dropped meatloaf once and he br- and he broke his elbow. And uh, there are a couple of instances of, you know, performers jumping into the crowd and being dropped. But in me, for, you know, I don't know if I've said this on the air. I hope I'm not repeating myself. But as I get old, I find I do often. But it, for <laughs> me, was there was a, a great metaphor there because my whole career has been buoyed, supported by this great community that we have around us. And um, this was a kind of a, a very visceral, real experience of me. Jumping, you know, leap of faith out into this crowd and then, and them carrying me gently along. Wow, it was really deep. amazing. See, I'm not such a. I, had,
1: I hadn't thought about the deep philosophical oh, on that. That's, that is something. Okay. Oh, I,
0: I was it. thinking as I'm going, I was thinking, wow, this is a metaphor for my entire career. Yeah. Uh, it was really uh, wonderful. Hey, um, quickly, I didn't see it because I was on a boat, but I, a couple of things happened while I was on a boat. Um, Egypt, you know, revolution. Big, you know.
1: Yeah.
0: Facebook started it, Google started it, I guess a Google uh, executive started it on Facebook. Twitter powered it. Uh and um IBM beat uh, Ken Jennings on Jeopardy. I'm not sure you... which is more important to be honest with you. <laughs> no, I do know which is more important. Um so but we've talked a lot about the uh the amazing, I'm sure you did last week and the week before about the amazing role of social media and and Google specifically in uh in the Egyptian Revolution. We but, did. but we have not talked yet about Watson. Uh, I didn't see it, but boy, uh, that's a, a pretty amazing thing. Let's play a little bit of a Jeopardy, shall no we? In quotation marks. What to wear? U.S. Geographic
2: nickname. This is a
0: double Jeopardy round.
2: Magical tour. And finally, so
0: Watson is a computer created by IBM.
2: Let's do familiar sayings for 1200.
0: If you're one of these capable fellows, you're unfortunately master of none. Brad, what is a jack of all trades? Yeah. 1600 uh, for Watson. Sayings. Watson's kind a camel of stoic. Is a horse
2: designed by this? <laughs> Ken, what's a committee? Good. Familiar sayings for 2000. It's a poor work. It's kind of fun cuz they're these? showing uh, Watson thinking. Watson What are tools? You are right for two thousand.
0: That's creepy for (laughs) sixteen hundred.
2: Some would say it sounds like
0: Zuckerberg. No, he's more eloquent and fluid. Watson. What is staggering genius? That's right. Same category, twelve hundred. Answer, Daily Double. Oh, do you not think this is creepy? I mean, it's awe inspiring and creepy. I'll wager $2,127. <laughs> By the way, you know that's exactly the right amount to wager, right? <laughs> Who would even come up with that? New Yorkers
1: Actually, they didn't talk about of- his algorithm for coming up with daily doubles. Oh, I, I didn't bets. Talk about that
2: too.
0: Okay, the New Yorker's 1959 review. Let's see. Let's play Jeopardy. <laughs> I'd <laughs> like to remind it? you you need to state your answer as a question. The New Yorker's 1959 review of this. Said in its brevity and clarity, it is, unlike most such manuals, a book as well as a tool. Jeff Jarvis.
2: Uh, Strunk and white.
0: That's what I would have said. You agree, Gina? What
1: is? What, what is? is, is white? What oh, is the
0: by the way, Watson would not forget to do that. No, so we're going to say, what is Elements of Style? Let's see. said, in its brevity and clarity, it is unlike most such manuals, a book
2: as well as a tool. Let's try. What is Dorothy Parker? Oh!
0: Oh, no. The work was the elements of style. T- only 10%. Like 10%, 10% like again,
1: confidence. He, he,
0: yeah, isn't that interesting?
1: Yeah, I love the confidence readings. And I love the buzzer threshold. You know, he yeah. had a certain threshold where you would only buzz if he had an answer. I mean, yeah. not on that one because it was a daily double, but... I, I loved it. It was fascinating. The first five minutes I was kind of creeped out, but then I was just cool to see, you know, and to, and to kind of think about the different circumstances, like Watson got all the answers in text, right? But Trebek was reading them aloud. So that made me wonder, you know, at what point does Watson get the text, right? Because you listen, listening is, is to speech is slower than, you know, reading text, especially for a computer. So I, I kept thinking about things like that because it, there was actually a, a buzzer that Watson pressed. Um, You know, there was a mechanism. Physically? Yeah, there was a physical mechanism that that, that mashed down on a buzzer, just like the humans. And it wasn't connected to the internet, right? Because a human plane has a limited set of, right, Right. it had a huge database. And actually, the room where the the Watson system was, was filled, you know, with really loud refrigerators. You know, I think it was like 50 blade servers, uh, you know, connected, connected via ethernet. And then just like, you know, this really loud cooling system. But I loved it. It was really, really cool. Like, Ken Jennings said uh, that he welcomes our new computer overlords. I kind of feel the same way. I
0: love you, Ken. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's well, a really it good, geeky to,
0: answer. Yes. Listen,
2: if we if we saw Google, if we'd never seen search engines, we'd never seen the Internet, and suddenly you saw Google fully birthed, you'd think it's creepy. Yeah. Right? Ray oh
0: Kurzweil wrote an article last month in PC Magazine why IBM... Jeopardy victory matters," he said. Uh, in when he wrote his book, "The Age of Intelligent Machines," in the 1980s, he predicted that a computer would win the World Chess Championship by 1998. Uh, he said I was a year off. It was 1997 that IBM's computer Deep Blue beat Gary Kasparov. He said what happened immediately was, of course, people, humans, started rationalizing. Well, the computer was chess is a completely analytical game. There's a correct answer. at all points it's blah 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 blah, blah. um he says no this is look at this is significant and he said what was most significant was that watson had a sense of humor or at least appeared to did you notice that gina did you notice a little sense of humor for instance uh ken jennings selects the chicks dig me category he's making a joke when he's because he says i've never said this on tv chicks dig me ken jennings he's a human he made a joke later on watson says Let's finish. Chicks dig me, and gets a laugh. (laughs) Now, probably inadvertent, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Because there was no speech recognition. Like Watson couldn't hear.
2: Right. Here's a question, uh, dumb question, but that's the kind I always ask you to
0: ask the dumb one. Because believe me,
2: is Watson AI? Is it artificial intelligence, or is it just you know what is artificial? Well, AI is kind of of a
0: deprecated term these days. The people who I know it is right. I mean, it's probably a big decision tree. It's, you know what? Looking at those confidence readings, that's exactly what a chess computer is doing. Um, as it's an analog. I don't know, Gina, is it AI? I,
1: I mean, it's natural language processing, right? So it's just this giant terabytes of data. And like you just look at things like word frequency. And, you know, I think that they t- some of the scientists talked about how they try to identify, you know, the nouns and the adjectives and the verbs inside the answer. And then, I mean, it's. I don't know that that it's, that it's AI. I would say more natural language processing, but it really had to, because it's Jeopardy, it really had to understand things like yeah. uh, references and jokes. I mean, that was what was so cool about it. I, you know, a lot of geeks I saw were kind of felt like this was this, uh, you know, um, unnecessary display, you know, for regular people. I thought it was just such a, mm-hmm. it was great PR for IBM. Mm-hmm. And I think it was, oh, a, yeah. it was an awesome display of what you can do when you have the data, what computers can do when you have mm-hmm. the data. You know, if a computer's going to help me diagnose... You know symptoms over uh, you know a course of years that doctors can't. Then hey, yeah, I want to go to Watson for my, right. my
2: diagnosis. Well, my, my, it would have been done better than my uh, exactly. I, I was feeding doctors when I had a, uh, uh, an arterial thing, my falling apart body, um, and I would feed them symptoms, and they wouldn't listen to the symptoms. They would just jump to their own conclusion. And I wanted Gregory House, MD, as an algorithm. I wanted you know Watson as a doctor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. By the way, I want—I really want to plug my good friend Stephen Baker, who is the author of *Final Jeopardy*: The Full Story of Watson and Jeopardy. Now on sale, and and he's ex-Business Week writer, and he did a really interesting thing where he wrote the whole book up to the last chapter. (laughs) Yeah, because he didn't buy the book without it. Yeah. And then, and then get the last chapter immediately, and, and Stephen is great, and I look forward to seeing his book. So and Stephen Baker, Final <clears throat> Jeopardy. I, I,
0: I also owe an apology to everybody who's listening who hasn't yet seen the show, although I don't know why you wouldn't have seen the show. It was a, more than a week ago, but apparently, and I've learned this, by the way after talking about this before the show on the radio show that jeopardy fans take this game very 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 <laughs> seriously and i got a lot of people saying leo i hate you you sp- i was looking forward to this you spoiled it by talking about the result i had no idea i thought it was a tv game show nobody Fine for comp- jeopardy Cruise. <laughs> nobody complains that you oh wheel of fortune you said who was gonna win but Jeopardy's a little different, I guess. Uh, what what uh, uh, Ray comes down to is he said he has a bet with Mitch Kapor that a computer will pass the Turing test, the very famous test of uh, that, uh, you know it's complicated, but I could boil it down to simply is a computer indistinguishable from a human to a uh, a third party who's not in the know. And um, Ray Kurzweil said twenty twenty nine, absolutely, and bet ten grand. Kapor said no way. Kapor, of course, the creator of Lotus One, Two, Three, knows a little bit about computer software, as does Ray Kurzweil, who is one of the premier artificial intelligence researchers in the world.
2: What do you guys think?
0: Well, I just will say that uh, Ray considers this victory by Watson absolute proof that it's going to happen, and it probably happens sooner than twenty twenty nine. Because, come on, after all, it might have been hard to tell if that was a computer.
1: You know? Yeah, I mean, of course, it helped that he would change color. He would go orange when he got things wrong, so it looked like he was embarrassed. And the fact that he had a male voice and that Trebek was, you know, kind of uh, referred to him as a he—that that part creeped me out at first. I mean, I know we call boats she and that kind of thing, but I was kind of like, it's a computer. Let's refer to it as an it. Well, but that's uh, the, that's
0: the key in the Turing test is that you human, you anthropomorphize, right?
1: Right. And and right. It,
0: and the and the Turing test is can you do it successfully?
2: No, right. it doesn't have any rules like, oh, you're not allowed to turn color or call it right. a he. Well, you know, interestingly, if you, go to, if you go to Gina's point about data, the problem in trying to create the Turing algorithm before was you didn't have enough data. Now the web is filled with conversations. And if the Turing test is to have a conversation and believe that it's a human being, the data set of conversations now is incredible. Yeah, huge. Yeah. It'll speak like Twitter, It'll say, lol, man, but. (laughs) That's not so bad.
0: So, The conclusion of the uh, article, Ray Kurzweil says, what will be the significance of a computer passing the Turing test? If it is really a properly designed test, it will mean that this AI is truly operating at human levels. Now, I had a debate with Ray saying, but it's not human, right? I mean, it's not. So what? That it can fool you into thinking human. That's not the same as human. And Ray said, but does it matter? No, it's not human. But does it matter if it's indistinguishable from human? He says, I, for one, would then regard it as human. I'm expecting this to happen within two decades, and I also expect when it does, observers will continue to find things wrong with it. By the time the controversy dies down and it becomes unambiguous, as it is now, by the way, that computers play better chess, it's going to be pretty unambiguous pretty soon that computers will beat everybody at Jeopardy. If it beat Ken Jennings, who's never been beaten, okay, it beat the world champion at Jeopardy, right? He says by the time the controversy dies down, it becomes unambiguous that non biological intelligence is equal to biological human intelligence, then AIs will already be thousands of times smarter than us. But keep in mind this is not an alien invasion from Mars. We are this is another ar- argument I had with Ray. Well, that's the terminator. I mean, they're just going to wipe us out. Yeah. He says we're,
2: we're inferior. Right.
0: He says no. We're creating these technologies to extend our reach. The fact that farmers in China can access all of human knowledge with devices they carry in their pockets is a testament to the fact that we are doing this already. Ultimately, we will vastly extend and expand our own intelligence by merging with these tools of our own creation. He told me, they won't kill us. We're their daddy. <laughs> they will revere us.
1: That worked really well on, uh, on Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> hey, I created you. Stop it. What do you think? Uh, Ray believes we're nearing very near what he calls a singularity. By the way, we're going to talk to Ray Kurzweil in two weeks, and this will absolutely be one of the topics on our oh, Triangle wow. cool. show.
1: I will be tuning into he's that. It sounds very interesting. Guy.
0: And, yeah. and you know, if you read his book, The Singularity is Near, uh, or The Age of Intelligent Machines, or The Age of Spiritual Machines, all of which kind of in one way or another deal with this, uh, it's pretty convincing. He uh, He's the guy who also said, I just want to live long enough to live forever, because he believes if he can survive 20 years... He'll be able to pour his brain into a machine and he he'd never die. That's kind of a simplification of it. So are you do you fear this, Gina?
1: I don't. I look forward to this. You're someone a programmer. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. someone in the yeah. chat room is asking, would you hire Watson as a lawyer or maybe an accountant? You bet. You Absolutely. bet Absolutely. Definitely
0: is an accountant.
1: Definitely, oh, yeah. definitely is an accountant. If the goal is make me pay the fewest amount of taxes possible, definitely Watson would do better than my than my accountant. Sorry. <laughs> to my account, <laughs> but uh, no, you know this. This kind of thing just makes me really happy to be alive at this point in in the world. We
0: may see an amazing thing. You will see it in your lifetime, Gina. I don't know if Jeff and I'll make it. Yeah. It's really touch and go, especially me. Are you falling apart, Jeff?
2: I'm falling apart. I'm a mess. Is this something new? This is? I, no, no, nothing new this time. But it's you know it's every few. I'm going for a hat trick soon. <laughs> oh, jeez. No, hang in there, Jeff. Yeah, you just have to live long enough to live forever. I will pour me pour me into the computer now. <laughs> yeah. I figure
1: we I... need to make Jeff a note on the network. That's all. That's yeah. just, that's, once we do that, <laughs>
0: <laughs> we could be doing this show well into the thirtieth century. Wouldn't that be funny? <laughs> it's time for Twig. Hello, number four million six hundred seventy six. What is elements of style? See, I knew that. <laughs>
2: I hope this doesn't come off as flip because I mean it. The first person to pour into the computer is Steve Jobs. No kidding. And it may yeah. be I hope it won't be too late, but uh yeah.
0: yeah. You're right. He will God, I'm praying for him. Uh, because he's so important to uh to this revolution that we're in the middle of. Yes. But you know who will who will be the first person, by the way, just so you know. Mark Zuckerberg. Uh-huh. Mark Zuckerberg. Basically, <laughs> so like everybody
1: at that dinner with Obama last week, right? Yeah. In, in the jar?
0: Yeah. Larry, Sergey, Mark, and Steve. Yeah.
2: Sounds like a rock group. <laughs> it's not a, it's <laughs> not a bad world. It's
0: not a bad No, absolutely. Yeah. Mark Zuckerberg is right on track. He's, he's you know young when enough.
2: I he's rich enough. Yeah. And gosh darn it, people like him. <laughs> When I interviewed Zuckerberg, my editor hated this line, but I, I argued with him on keeping it in, is he said, we're not in the technology business so much as we're in the sociology business. Yeah, well, he's right. And he is. I mean, he's, he's human engineering. He's, he's engineering society. And, and that's what's fascinating. I, I actually
0: said that on this show a, 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 a year ago. I said, what Google needs to do is hire more sociologists and fewer computer scientists. Yep. Because yep. the computer science problems are not intractable. They're not difficult. But the, the user interface, the, uh, are, is, uh, the, the, a way of taking complexity and making it simple,
2: all of that is very hard. Well, it goes back to, to Facebook again. Uh, Yuri Milner, who is a major investor in Facebook now, uh, has told me that his entire investment strategy is AI. That he believes that if you take data that exists at a Facebook, or one presumes, I guess, Zynga as well, and you add AI to it, he says there's this, this, this giant leap. That occurs.
1: Yeah, that makes sense.
2: It's that data set thing. The bigger, yes, the, the,
1: it's, the, bigger the data set, yeah, <clears> the more you can do with
0: it. Well, okay, who has the biggest data set right now?
1: Google. Google. No doubt.
2: And, Google. And, but, and, but Google's data set is about data, Facebook's data set is about people. Well, if you, that's true. If you look at it another way and say, the the way I ask it in the the book is, who's the best signal generator of human signals? That's probably a better measurement, huh? Right, Yeah, Facebook has more
1: structured data and people-centric data, right?
2: Yeah, for now. But I think it could change. You know, Google, that's why, to my mind, that's why Android. And with Android, Google Mm -hmm. knows where we are, what Mm -hmm. we're looking for, what we want, where we're going, where we've been. Those are very, very important signals. Facebook knows who we know, what we like, what we talk about. Um and and how you become the best signal generator and then the best analyst of those signals to become the best exploiter of those signals to give us relevance. Oh, oh. And relevance, um, you know, I I I I saw The Guardian some time ago did some kind of random um story generator, and it was an effort to get to serendipity, and I said, No, serendipity is not that. Serendipity is not randomness, it's relevance we didn't expect. Ah. Right? And so that's what both Google and Facebook want to be able to do is, be, is finally get the real train test is when they're a step ahead of us. Right. That's what yeah. Eric was saying when he said, we'll know what you want before you. Exactly. Exactly. It is. It is book. I, you know, the next book I should do is Eric Schmidt's quotes that get me in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> it's a long book. It's a long book. It's a good one. It, it writes itself. It's wonderful.
0: Goog- on the official Google blog uh, last week this post, an update to Google social social search. They uh, Today we're doing a little bit more to bring you all the goodness of Google plus the opinions of people you care about. They're incorporating more information from the people that matter to you, whether they're publishing on YouTube, Flickr, or on their own blog or website. So social search results are getting mixed in. Now, of course, they're presenting those to us But if they're presenting this to us, it's kind of like the tip of the iceberg. You've got to think that two-thirds of this data is being mined within Google.
2: Yeah, definitely. I was was at a um, uh, privacy conference in in Victoria, B.C. last week, which is where I did the show from with bad Wi-Fi in the hotel room. And uh, I I gave the talk the next morning, and I got into a tussle with the head of privacy for Victoria, for B.C., when she said that, that Eric Schmidt said that uh, privacy isn't relevant. I said, he never said that. But the thing that I, I asked everyone there to do was I said, the next time you hear the word creepy, which at conferences like that, you hear it all the time, just stop and say, define that, please. Right? You know, there's a time when we would have thought Google was creepy. There was a time when all kinds of things seemed creepy. TV seemed creepy. Watson's creepy experience. means unknown. Yeah. So Watson being creepy, AI being creepy, Drury test being creepy, it's because we don't well, know it. We don't know what can be done with it. If we instead make it ours and control it, Magnificent things can happen. I'll define
0: creepy in a way that maybe doesn't fit that. It's the uncanny valley. You know, the animators have this uh, this phrase they use, the uncanny valley, where uh, there's a... Human mind is so adept at seeing a human face or hands or body uh, that if you draw a cartoon, Elmer Fudd doesn't bother anybody. They know it's a cartoon. The brain says, yeah, yeah, it's it's a drawing. But as you move closer and closer to real humans, animated humans... There gets this place where you go called the uncanny valley where it looks to every in every way real but the brain knows it's not and it's creepy, real creepy. That's when Until what I'm, it starts
2: to look real. Right until, we, until well, it's we just understand a temporary valley I guess. Yeah. It's temporary, right, it's temporary. It's temporary until we take control of it. So you can cross we, the valley. If control over it, it's not creepy anymore.
1: Right, I mean I think that's that's what creepy is for me, right? Like I didn't know you, that you knew this about me and then suddenly That's creepy. You did. And that creeped me out, right? Because my perception was that you were this far away, but it turns out you're standing right over my shoulder and I didn't know. So that creeps me out, right? If someone sneaks up behind me. So like with the social search uh, that Google just launched, it's great, I love it. But the first time, you know, it rolled out, I hadn't read the news story. I did a search for something that Adam Pash at Lifehacker, who I follow on Twitter and who I email with all the time, had written about on Lifehacker. So I do this search and at the top of the search, it says, you know, here's the result. And Adam recommends this or Adam shared this. And I was like, oh, okay," (laughs) And which was great because I I can get over that. I
0: can get over that. That's like
1: the first time it surprised me. So I I kind of hovered over Adam and said, oh, you're out. You're connected to Adam on Twitter and in Gmail. Okay, I knew that. But but it's that that initial jarring like, oh, I didn't know that you knew everybody that I followed on Twitter, even though that that's public data. I just that's something I did over on Twitter um it, I I think that 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 can that's a little tiny example of a little creepy. That said the social search results now that I understand that Google has been crawling all, you know, knows all my sort of my social graph is fantastic. Like I like I love seeing names and faces next to next to links. Like oh yes, this is what I want to click on.
0: Here's a graph from Wikipedia. Uh across the x-axis is oh. human likeness, across the y-axis is familiarity and there's the uncanny uncanny valley. So Stuffed animal, fine. Humanoid robot, fine. Zombie, corpse, (laughs) creepy. (laughs) But I would submit, there. so we have two kinds of creepy, two definitions of creepy. One, which you and Gina embrace, is that, well, it's technologically sophisticated, so it surprises us. But we can get used to that. Technological sophistication, you can get used to. Yes. But I don't think you get used to a zombie. (laughs) It's permanently creepy.
2: Isn't it? Well, I never get used to David Copperfield. <laughs> or
0: who's that other magician who always goes like this? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I, so I think there is—I think there's genuine
2: creepiness. It's not merely that we're technologically, that, uh, you know, surprised. I, I don't want this to get misquoted because I like the guy, I respect him, and I'm saying good things about him in the book. But I think that's—I think that's part of why people don't get Zuckerberg. He's, he's genuinely creepy. creepy. <laughs> Here's, why. Here's why. Don't quote, folks. I'm not he's a zombie. He's he's I don't a... think he is. <laughs> it's because you would think that he would be, of course, the most open person on earth. But in fact, the mystique of Mark Zuckerberg is that he's mysterious. Right. And the fact that that he needed to be, that, and, and Aaron Sorkin and company tried to interpret him, and I would say badly still, though I know I'm about the only one who says that, Um you know that's where the that's where the creepiness comes from is you, we don't get him we don't understand him he's not like us.
0: Well certainly as Jesse Eisenberg portrayed him in the soon to be academy award winning movie the social network um Eisenberg clearly went for creepy right kind of subhuman. Yes. Yes. I don't I, I don't yeah. know you've been with Mark is he really that creepy?
2: No, I mean no. he smiles. He's human. He smiles. He yeah. blinks. He actually blinks. Um you know my my uh, I was remembering. I was remembering this as I was rewriting the chapter. My, my editor, um, who's by the way is very happy to see what you guys are saying about the title, because his boss <laughs> likes it. So we win. We win. <laughs> uh, you're all, you're all I'm all sorry, winning. Jeff. You should have sent me an email saying, "Would you please?" No, 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 this is this is good feedback. By the way, Gina, are you offended by a "Hangout"? Let it all hang out. Anybody? No, not at all. Too pure, all penile, or you used, no. used to be now. And no, that's, no, the, that's that's the publisher's that's contention. Yeah, it's okay. Dan, it, so anyway,
0: it's probably the right choice because you can never be too penile or puerile. Ah, uh, So. In fact, if you have the choice between penile, puerile,
2: or both, I'd go for both. Uh, or what's the name of the hand thing? Um, purel, Penile, Purell. puerile. Purell, <laughs> oh, yes.
1: Well, uh, after your penile and puerile. Purell.
2: purel. <laughs> Louise. That's why I saved that. I'm sorry. <laughs> Maybe you shouldn't so, use that as a subtitle. Stop. I'm telling myself stop. So so I remember I, I thought back to when I saw Zuckerberg at various events at pardon me for place dropping Davos or the or the Quadrangle Conference or this Murdoch event where I was brought into and in every one of those cases he absolutely threw the business moguls, pardon me, light I'm not dead. Um <laughs> Is your is your soul lighting your computer screen? Is that why it keeps getting dark? Ooh, because I'm
0: actually a zombie. <laughs> oh jeez. Uh, by the way, Night in Jail said, Leo, hang out with a zombie. Have
2: a beer with one. You'd find them not creepy after a while. So maybe I'm wrong. So Zuckerberg, what I loved about him on panels and stuff was that he never said exactly a word more than he had to say. And he was blunt, politely mm. blunt. Right? Mm. Somebody would ask a question, he would say, and it was like that one scene in the, in the movie where he said, you know, why do you say that? That's, what, that's just what he was. He would just answer the question. That's it. No more. And I loved the fact that he didn't add flowers and buzzwords and all that, that he just said what he thought, that was it, boom, done, now what? And it threw everybody for such a loop. It's interesting because that was
0: something that apparently Aaron Sorkin picked up on because that's exactly how Aaron Sorkin that's wrote what
2: it. Was. Well, so now he's either had media training or I think oh. more likely he is simply become more he's comfortable. Relaxed. He was yeah. scared. Yeah, he's, he's relaxed. relaxed. Yeah. So we get to see a little more of him now. And, we, you know, what's the real Zuckerberg? The zombie? Or, or, or this. And, I, and so, no, I, I think that he's not like that. I think that that's why he was like that, because he was scared. He was 19 years yeah. old, surrounded by mobiles. kid.
1: Yeah. didn't know he what to kid. do.
2: His father's a dentist who works alone. Um, you know, that's what it was.
0: It <laughs> sounds like a line out of CSI. His father was a dentist who works alone. <laughs> by the way, the Urban Dictionary has two interesting, two germane, as long as we're going to use big words, germane definitions of creepy. Jackson. <laughs> not jackson uh someone somewhat scary because of strangeness mm-hmm. which is kind of what you guys are saying it's just strange right, but unfamiliar, strange, unfamiliar yeah. but 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 will become familiar and then uh the third definition is by far the most common adjective predicated to quiet people who don't smile isn't that interesting Ooh. aka the old mark zuckerberg yeah all right well, let's take a break this is interesting. I think it's interesting. What is creepy? And is, you know, is it just, is it merely just technologically new
2: Uh, strangeness? Well, the cloud is creepy. Oh, yeah. A lot of people are creeped out by the the cloud. The fact that the cloud, I don't know what it is. People just draw this cloud thing. What's in it? Where is it? Where's your earth? Right. That's creepy.
1: You Where know, does my data I, go?
2: I came up with a
0: So I can't remember who said it to me first, and I would give him credit if I could. But a great way to respond to people who say, I'm not going to trust my data to the cloud, and I include John C. Dvorak to this, uh, <laughs> is, well, okay, where's your money? Right. Is it in your mattress? No. Is it? Does it exist? No, it's in the cloud. You've been trusting your entire financial world to the cloud for your whole life. There's
2: no vault with your money in it. I have this vision now of Dvorak with a razor and a mattress. <laughs> if anybody <laughs> would put his money in a mattress,
0: it's John C. He might wish that. You know, he was in Madrid and his passport and wallet got pickpocketed.
2: Oh, no. Ow. Oh, Red the gold grumpiest bars. man
0: on earth. Oh. oh, my Lord. He must have been. You know, it was karma. Because Ooh, I fun. think he was like lording it over people. You've never been to Europe. Well, I've been to Europe many times. <laughs> <laughs> then he's the one. Got pic- anyway, we we'll I make have sure. no spam. I have no passport. <laughs> we'll make sure John I believe is back now. and actually, we have a great video that uh, John and Eileen shot in uh, in Madrid at the uh, Ford Focus uh, event, so we'll get that out soon. Meanwhile, let me take a little break and mention our friends at hover.com. Hover is domain name registration done right. simply clean. they don't upsell you. In fact, uh, you know, a lot of times on these other registrars you, you say, I'm all right, I'll buy that domain." Oh, it's cheap nine ninety five. What a great deal! Oh, but by the way, you probably want privacy on this. You'd probably like this and that, and they, they try to upsell you on fifteen hundred different things. By the time you're done, it's the most expensive domain name you've ever seen. Hover doesn't do that. Their domain name registration made simple. In fact, I'll, I'll give you an example. They put they build privacy right in. They know you want privacy, so they don't charge you for it. It comes with the territory. H O V E R. As in cover, hover.com. And actually, if you go to twig.hover.com, you can check it out and get a little deal. Um, 10% off your domain registration. Couldn't be easier. Trans, transfers are great, too. Now, some people say, well, wait a minute, the transfer's not free. Yeah, it's $10. But what the $10 does is get you an additional year on your existing domain registration. So it's actually a good deal. And they'll even do all the transfers for you. I transferred a bunch of domains, and I wish I'd taken advantage of this. If you click the Transfer Your Domain for $25, no matter how many domains, one to a 1,000, they will do it all for you. You call them 866-731-6556, and they'll do the entire thing for you, all the niggly technical details of a transfer, which is a pain in the butt. Because they know that's the thing that's perhaps keeping you from moving to Hover, but you'll be glad you did. By the way, when you call that number and you get a representative, you will not be put on hold. They have a no-hold policy for customer service calls during business hours. And I like that, too. I can't tell you how much time I've spent on hold with those other guys. Hover.com for your new domain or transfer your old domain. It's the easiest, the best, the fastest, the cleanest, the most straightforward. Of course, it's, they're Canadian. It has to be good. Did you notice that when you were in uh, Victoria? They're, just, they're nice people. They are. You run into saw, a Canadian, he apologizes.
2: Yeah, when I when I, you know, they do, when I got into the fight with the the uh, speechwriter for the uh, um, commissioner or, or governor general or whatever, of privacy in in British Columbia, and saying you know you misquoted Eric Schmidt, you 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 cited a blog, and she no no no, she I said not you're full of crap, and she said you're rude, and I said I'm American, <laughs> <laughs> you're rude. <laughs> <laughs> That's the worst it
0: gets. No, I I, I have to say, this is a, a division of uh, Two Cows. Uh, it was called Domains Direct for a long time. It really is uh, just a great service, and I love these the guys. Nice people. Well, you know, this came out of uh, South by Southwest last year
1: Ooh. because Elliot,
0: who's the CEO, came over, and uh, we, we, were, we were having... Remember we had that great meat dinner?
1: Yes.
2: Oh, so oh. good. We're going to do that again. Oh. By the way, Eileen... Car- put- cardiologist still hates you. No, it's good. You should eat more meat. <laughs>
0: Your South American
2: veteran, but you're full of. I lost
0: six pounds on the cruise. Really, eating meat.
2: <laughs>
1: Good for you,
0: Lee. Carbs. It was not eating carbs that did it for me. Anyway, I don't want to get into that because you're. I don't want to kill you, Jeff. <laughs> so just, I'm not going to. I just want you to go to Twig. be the last to blow me over. <laughs> it would be so bad. It'd be like, oh yeah, I got this great diet. You just eat a lot of meat, and Jeff goes, ah. and then. <laughs>
1: I know, we got to get his brain, pour his brain in the jar first. Yeah, yeah, before, yeah,
0: we got to get the jar. Then I'll tell you about the meat diet. Yeah, I ate a lot of good meat. Oh, man, Buenos Aires. Oh, they got this thing called provoleto, which is like fried cheese. (laughs) It's so good.
1: Oh, man. It comes in a little
0: skillet. And then I had uh, Blutwurst, blood sausage, and chorizo. Now, I've had Mexican chorizo. This is not Mexican. This is incredible sausage. (gasps) Oh. The food and the steaks. Oh, my God. Anyway, what were we talking about? Oh, yeah, hover.
1: <laughs> no note to self, eat lunch before twig. lunch
0: before twig. Oh. We made a Chipotle run. I should have asked you. Oh, oh. rats. I can't. Skype doesn't support Chipotle transfer.
1: Oh, seriously, we need the burrito shoot. <laughs> From Petaluma straight down to San Diego. <laughs> burrito
2: shoot. That's a great idea. You know what they should do at, at Chipotle is they should have pneumatic delivery. It's the product made for pneumatic delivery. <laughs> Yeah.
1: It's the bullet. It's the bullet
2: burrito. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Twig.hubber.com okay, We com. are heading off on every tangent possible. I
0: love the tangents. If you if you listen to the Twit Network, not when Jeff, not when uh, when not when uh, Tom and Becky, oh, you no. know, these guys they are, are these guys players. are professionals. So on they, topic. they keep it on track. They know what they're doing. They they hit the clock. They're everything. They're perfect. They're wonderful people. If and when we I get back, and it's I like mm, squirrels. So gingerbread, uh, I haven't. I'm keep looking at my Nexus S. Now, Gina, you were bemoaning uh, the Nexus during the commercial.
1: I was checking my phone to see if the OTA on Gingerbread had come through. I knew you were doing that. Yet, not yet.
0: Two point three point three, and even the Nexus S, which uh, is using two two two, should get an update
1: yep and they said uh, that it could take a few weeks to do the rollout, but someone in the forum said it's not really going to take a few weeks it'll be in the next few days. We just we do it incrementally just in case there are problems so um, as far as I know, no one's released an update zip that you can just grab, although someone in the chat room can can Correct me. I'm trying to be a regular user and just waiting for the OTA update, but it also means that I am the loser checking my phone every five minutes to see if I have the update. But, Gina, the, the reward.
0: Update. It's like the hamster with the button and the pellet.
1: <sighs> it, uh, exactly. Give me the pellet. Oh,
0: <laughs> It's just a great that there is perhaps for an Android user, no better feeling than that little announcement that comes on the screen that says you have an update.
1: Yes, the little green <sighs> robot guy. But, you know, the Honeycomb emulator or SDK is out, so I was uh, temporarily oh. distracted by that. I downloaded that this morning and took some screenshots. So what do you think? You know, it's uh, the emulator's kind of slow, but that's yeah. just the emulator, and I had to fiddle with some settings and sp- sped it up. Otherwise... Really beautiful. I mean, the emulator. There are no, there are no, no apps installed at all. I mean, they have a few demos, but like Gmail and all the regular apps aren't installed. It's just kind of bare bones, but it's really cool. Uh, it's just a huge screen. It makes such a big difference. What, uh, okay, now listen.
2: Besides, besides seeing the video wall, Ooh. yeah, because part of this, I don't want to real... be jealous. No. I'm not going to ever get it on my Galaxy No, 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 tab. no, no I'm with that's, you though because that's eye candy. I want to know is it? Under, that is eye candy. Yeah. What, what, what is it, Gina? That you think is the is the is the most uh, actually valuable thing?
1: Um, I, it's interesting that all the buttons are on the device itself there's no there's no key you know the back button and the home button That's are cool. all there. Um, you know the time you can you can tap on the time and 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 will pop up uh, sort of a larger kind of like uh, not that I want to say this, but kind of like windows um, and you just have a lot more space and you can flip between things i mean it's just it's just it's the bigger screen stupid it's you know it just makes a big huge huge difference um, but I, like I said, the emulator there's there are no apps installed. Really. So I couldn't I, I didn't get a chance to try Gmail, the Gmail app, that's closed source, that doesn't come out with the with, with the SDK. So I really didn't get a good a good chance to really experience what it's like. I really like the different panels though, the action bar and the panel on the side. And I ran my own app and I have lots of really exciting ideas about how to make it kind of more tablet friend friendly. So initial so, initial For one thing,
2: this means that the manufacturers won't move the damn buttons around. Right. right. Yeah, but then we'll have duplicate buttons because
0: we'll have hardware. I mean, I know the Zoom doesn't have buttons.
1: Right, and yeah. will others have buttons? I mean, it looks like all the buttons are are on the screen. Like the 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 yeah. emulator itself doesn't have the the extra buttons, even the search button. Really. Uh, well, although I imagine that maybe some some of the other tablets will add the you know maybe search and home. Hmm. Uh, but menu and back or uh, part of the advantage of Zoom
2: is not- it's never upside down. Right.
0: Oh that's right. probably a lot of it, isn't it? the orientation
1: yes is
0: independent of the
2: hardware which makes mm-hmm. a lot of sense it drives me nutty with mine
0: yeah no that actually is that's yeah you're right on the Samsung because it's just once you turn it around it's kind of oh dear yeah. right and this isn't so, a problem on the iPad so much because there's only one button
1: yeah, good point uh, right so that can, that can be anywhere
0: right I mean you, you can't you know you can't hit the wrong button if there's only one button.
1: I installed my app. It, worked. it looked great. There's tons of white space, obviously, um, but it t- completely worked. Oh, so it I scales. Don't you
0: don't have to do anything special.
1: No, nope, I didn't do anything special. I mean, it scaled it up. So there's just a lot of white space w- on the Would bottom.
0: there be a way, kind of, kind of an elastic, some sort of elastic uh, layout that would kind of handle that better?
1: I think that what you can do is, as a developer, is that you can create panels, and if you're on the wide screen, both panels show on the screen at the same time. But if you're on the small, you know, the, the small screen, you would have to tap an object ah, to move over okay. to the other panel. Okay. Yeah.
0: They got to make it easy for developers, though, to, to make it something that looks good, universal app yes. of some kind.
1: Yep. Yep.
0: Boy, Gina, you, you shouldn't have turned down that movie offer that you got uh, last year, because if you were, if you're going to the Oscars. As a nominee, you would have received a gold zoom. Now by the way, Damn. I got to be clear about this cuz zoom is so generic. It's a maybe we'll, can we agree to say zoom or something like that? <laughs> um, um It's the Motorola zoom. It's a basic black for the general public, but uh, they've got a gold one for Oscar hosts and nominees. It's part of the, you know, you get a bag of stuff. A oh, a tax bill. Well, that's right. I was talking to Waz when he did Dancing with the Stars. They gave him a basket of goodies worth seventy. I hope I'm not betraying a confidence worth seventy five. <laughs> I don't know. He didn't make me sign an NDA. Seventy five thousand dollars, and uh, and he took it because he said we didn't know any better. So, oh, thanks. And then they had to pay, you know, like half of its taxes. You have to pay thirty thousand dollars for this seventy five thousand dollar basket of goodies. Yeah. And he said it's, it's a bunch of crap. I didn't want, you know bulgari perfume and stuff and it's all
2: retail mm, waz, you smell so elegant
0: <laughs> he said there were three good things in the whole bag it was very expensive
1: uh just just to clarify chat room i did not get a movie offer i, I... <laughs>
0: <laughs> it says so
2: in wikipedia if it
0: doesn't i'll make sure it doesn't
2: i thought you were going to be the lawyer in social network yeah oh she would have been good she so much more believable
0: yeah. Right. Oh, but, you would have been yeah. so good. I don't
1: know how you guys be my agents? Seriously.
0: <laughs> well, you know, hey, Snoop Dogg got that commer. Have you seen the Snoop Dogg uh, for the uh, 4G Indulge? I haven't seen it yet. All right, let's, I have not seen this let's, yet. Let's watch a commercial. I don't think they could sue us for playing their stupid commercial, can they? They should pay you for playing. Yeah, this. I know we're going to get it from Jeopardy, though. I know Alex Trebek's going to say, "Oh, Leo, you made a horrible error." This is a this is a little Leo's bit from that. <laughs> a little bit from that ad. It's kind of like a dating Last game. up is Snoop D O
2: G am a rapper, an actor, a director, Little League football coach, and a relationship therapist. And the 4G? Lately, the speed of my hustle has increased exceptionally, and I've had to amp up my Gs to facilitate my needs. Aww. Settle down now, girl.
0: <laughs> All this right, so home viewers. When we come back, the lovely Brittany will be grilling each of our contestants, who she's gonna pick.
2: Stay tuned. I get so it. So this is an ad that's done kind of Promotion like a dating. Consideration brought to you by hey. Metro PCS and the Samsung Galaxy.
0: That you know that is. That's homeless announcer. Of course, that's him. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Isn't that nice? He sounds good. Nice. too. indulge. Indulge. So that was the indulge ad. Man, that guy's going to get more work than uh, Casey Kasem.
2: So he gets out of uh, rehab.
0: Oh, oh I, didn't I don't know. I think he's did something anything. happen while I was gone. Yeah. <sighs> anyway, uh, Eileen's got an Oscar. Are you? you you're going to do that, right, Gina? Eileen's Oscar uh, pole. pool.
1: Pool. Uh, Oscar yeah. pool. Oscar pool. Oh, Oscar pool. <laughs> well, send sure.
0: send them the uh, thing. We got to get them in that. Sure, I'm in. Do you put money into that? That makes it an illegal gambling uh, thing. No, yes, we put money into it. A lot of money into it. You could win thousands we, of we dollars. We just
2: bet Zynga dollars, that's all. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Bitcoin. I won
2: hay. I won hay.
0: <laughs> uh, Flash is going to be. Adobe is, uh, has announced in a little to Apple that Android 3 will come with Flash. Uh, not on the first tablets. It's going to take a little while after the first tablets come out. But that's so interesting.
1: It, it will ship with it pre-installed or this is going to be part, it can not be part of the code base, right?
0: Um, let's see. I'm
1: trying to see if... Adobe
0: has, it says, the version, Flash Player 10.2, the version of Flash that will be compatible with upcoming up Android tablets will be ready a few weeks after Android 3 comes out, after which it'll be available for over-the-air installation. So it will not be bundled. Okay, I thought it was. I misunderstood. I did think it was going to be bundled. Um, so I guess they didn't do a deal, a deal with the Google to do that. All right, we're going to take a break. Come back with more. Gina Trapani is here. Jeff Jarvis coming up in just a bit. Our tool, a tip, and number of the week, and uh, and uh, we'll answer the question: Why did Google ask for kids' social security numbers? Before we do that, I'd like to talk about Squarespace.com, the secret behind exceptional websites. Go to Squarespace.com slash Twig right now. I gave a, a talk on the uh, cruise, as I mentioned, about social media. And uh, we talked about Twitter and Facebook and how to claim your Facebook username and all that stuff. But I said, look, the the most important thing for you to do, the most important place you should exist on the web is your own website. You, you, So many people think it's, oh, I have a Facebook page. That's not enough. But the good news is very easy and affordable to create your own website. Get your Go to Hover.com. Get your name. Register your name. Then go to Squarespace.com slash Twig. Click that green button. You can try it free for two weeks, and you get all the features. You don't have to give them a credit card or anything. Just the site name, password, email address, and a little CAPTCHA, and you're in And you could try all the great features of Squarespace. It's hosting plus the best content management software out there. I I don't want to scare you with that CMS term. But what it means is for a blog, for a photo gallery, for a forum even, or just for a site that says, hey, I'm here, this is me, here's my stuff, which at least you got to do. At least, you know, if you have a social media strategy, you know, you got to have a website. I don't care if you're a small business or just an individual. You've got to have a website, and there's no easier way to do it than Squarespace.com. Go to Squarespace.com slash Twig. Try it free for two weeks, and I have a feeling you will love it. The beautiful templates make it easy to make a site that looks totally professional. Social network integration so that your, yes, your Facebook page and your Twitter and all that. I mean, actually, they do it better than anybody I've ever seen before. They have these very simple plugins. There's the Flickr widget. And you can have uh, you know, thumbnails or pictures. You can have a slideshow. Here's the Twitter widget. And you see, it's just sliders, checkboxes, styles. It's so easy. But of course, if you know CSS, you can do any RSS feed. If you know CSS, the sky's the limit because all of this can be completely configured to your heart's content. Squarespace.com slash twig. It's the secret behind exceptional websites. So I didn't know this. We talked about the Google Doodle uh, contest where kids were encouraged to uh, send in uh, doodles, Google doodles. But apparently when you fill out the form, when mom or dad fills out the form, because I guess they have to, Google was asking for the last four digits of the kids' social. Uh, they've taken that off. That was on the parental consent form. They wanted the date of birth, where you were born. They wanted your parents' full details, and it wanted the kids' last four digits even if you're you know six years old
1: (laughs) you know they said that they did this because they wanted to make sure there weren't duplicate entries right but this actually dovetails really nicely in what we were talking about earlier about creepiness and what you can do when you have data Um, when you have someone's place of birth and their time of birth you can make a very good guess at the first five digits of their social security number Um, so if you have the last four, wow. you could, you know, people people were saying there was a writer at the Huffington Post who made the point that Google could guess these children's uh, full social security number given the information, given this information. I have to say, I think they're just making a big deal out of nothing. I think that this is really just about Google wanting to dedupe entries. But at the same time, like, this is the creepy thing we we're talking about. It's like, uh, you know, if Google has this much information about me, right. how, what else can they deduce? We know that they're in the business of doing this. So it makes us question whether or not they are, even if, well, especially when they're a six and seven if, year it old. It feels like they,
0: they it's like uh, my first Google. You know how Sony has my first Walkman. It's like my first <laughs> Google. It's like, we'll start your data collection now, if you don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> right. We're just starting a little dossier on you. Don't mind us. It's not, not a big deal. Uh, the Google spokesperson emphasized the company has never before asked for social security numbers. This, I think you're right, Gina. This is the typical programmer thing where a programmer yeah. goes, oh, I know well, how we could disambiguate. Well, just uh, what would be unique?
2: Ah, right. oh, the last four digits of their social. Right. but They didn't it, think. They didn't think. And Next, think, the kid will say, get an iris scan.
0: <laughs> That's a good way to disambiguate. disambiguate. By the way. Could, it, could could my little camera here do an iris scan? Uh, I don't know.
2: I
1: don't know. These lots of cameras are pretty good.
0: Does it have to? I think it's probably no no different than the cameras that they used for that clear. Remember clear, oh. which is back now. I guess it went out of business.
2: Yeah, I, I signed up for the one. I actually got to use it. It's cool. The new one. The new one. Oh, no, 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 I'm dead again. <laughs> now you're dark. Oh, again. I signed up for the old one, and
0: they uh, they took an iris scan, although they never used it again. Um, they did a whole bunch of I of highly intrusive stuff. And I don't know where that database ended up. They just went out of business and <laughs> said, thank you very much. We'll see you. Bye. We got your iris, your fingerprints. They take all 10 fingers. It was really arduous. I, did they do the same thing this time around?
2: Uh, yeah, it wasn't that bad. No, you just had to go fill out a form out and do this and that, and then you go through. It was nice. The thing about, for some
0: people who know what we're talking about, this is a, the idea. In fact, it was an idea by... Steve Brill. Steve Brill. Uh, uh, with that, you know, I guess he didn't like waiting in security lines, that if you had the clear card, you have a special, although it really wasn't a special line, at least not in the airports I ever went to. Yeah. It was actually quite embarrassing. You'd go to the clear booth, which had no line because nobody used it. You'd give him your clear card, and... Um, th- they, I can't remember how they'd verify that it's you, but uh, maybe you, I don't know, something. What, uh, I, I don't think they did an iris scan. I don't think they did the fingerprints. They just give them the car. They go, oh, hey. And then a lady comes over and gives you a tub. You put all your stuff in the tub, and she she goes, she's like an icebreaker. She goes to the head of the line. Get me out of the way, out of the way. Leo's got to get through. There's kids, there's ladies, there's people, there's pregnant people, there's people in wheelchairs. Out of the way, Leo paid for clear. And you get to the head. It was the most embarrassing thing. I never use it again. No wonder they went out of business. So it's the same thing now, or do they have special lines?
2: Uh it's when you're coming through customs at the end. It's not. Oh for yeah. The, well, the customs thing is different. Both U.S. Different, and Canada
0: yeah. do this. Yeah. That was even more intrusive, but at least it's a federal government. And you could trust them. <laughs> Boy, that was dead silence. Russia says. <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> Russia says. That Google planned the Egyptian revolution. That Google manipulated the energy of the people. The comments uh, during an interview about the investment climate in Russia with the Wall Street Journal. With Russian Deputy Prime Minister and Energy Minister Igor Sechin. I guess the problem was the initial question. The reporter for the journal said, how can we trust Russia. How can you convince investors to trust Russia? Sechen said Russia's changed radically in the last 25 years, one of the world's most stable political systems. Then the reporter really (laughs) sent in the knife. He said, well, Mubarak probably said the same thing. (laughs) Sechen said, look what they have done in Egypt, those highly placed managers of Google, what manipulations of the energy of the
2: people took place there. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Well, and the hilarious thing is that puts Russia and Putin's spokesman squarely in the same camp as Glenn Beck. What? Glenn Beck yeah, said Glenn, that? Glenn Beck's been saying, I don't want Google involved in my world affairs. I don't want Google involved in this and that. Oh, you know, it's the weirdest <sighs> thing. Not that I listen to Glenn Beck very often. I, do, I try not to. But, jeez, uh, he's being wacky about this. And, and so basically he doesn't want to see any good news out of Egypt. Because it's the it's you know, it's these anti-Muslim Maradi Arabs are going to come to your backyard next. She's Louise. So wow. it's really strange the reaction to this. So this all uh, comes from the fact that it was a Google executive.
0: Right. Uh, what right, was his, his name? Walid Gomeen. <laughs> yeah. Walid yeah. Who created the Facebook page that was widely credited with being the beginning of the revolution. Who and took it,
1: a leave of absence? Who, who sort of didn't lie, but kind of, or or took a leave of absence at first, didn't let Google know that he was he what he was doing, and yeah. then when it was all over, tweeted, you know, I, I hope that Google will have me back. And actually, Google tweeted back to him sort of publicly That's and said that they were very really proud and they have him back. No kidding, uh, guy, guy's a hero. But it had nothing to do. I, mean, I, I, actually, I talked to he,
2: Car- Karen Wickery, who actually sent that tweet, and you know, on behalf of the company, she she typed it out. But it was it was. Uh, they they saw that immediately and said we'll have you back and we're very proud of you. Good, so it was a very yeah. important statement from Google. Yeah,
1: and he did say in a sixty minutes minutes interview that Google uh, put some pressure to get him out. Um, so Google was involved in getting him out, but out of the country, out of, oh, out, of out of jail. That's right, in jail. That's
2: right. Yeah, it's very interesting because because you have companies like Google and Facebook. Want to help, but want to not get too close because, you know, then it's another reason not to have you in China and so on. Right. And Facebook, i uh, seen that, Kevin Carter did a story this week that, you know, there are those who said that, because Godim's page on Facebook, because he was um, uh, pseudonymous, they originally killed the page because he wasn't using his real name. And the argument is, well, no, you he couldn't. But the argument back is, well, that's what Facebook is. And so there are those who are trying to argue that Facebook should enable pseudonyms and false identities. But I'm not so sure. I think that's Facebook. Should you, you know, you, you tell Foursquare, that'd be like saying to Foursquare that you should set up so that I can lie wherever I am.
0: Yeah. So, uh, no, that's not what it is. It's an interesting issue. Yeah. No, that's not what it is.
2: And look, Fa-
0: Facebook played a role and they didn't need an anonymity. And uh, he was going in was very brave. And uh, and you know, I think that's part of the reason that he was trusted by uh, the people in Tahrir
2: Square. I mean, this guy paid his dues, and it was was public when he got out of jail. The rumor had spread that he was out. People said, "I'm not believing it until I see it on Twitter." Wow. Also, right? Because he got
1: dark, right? His Twitter had gone dark there for a while,
2: so you knew that was him. The night that uh, uh, Mubarak didn't leave. Uh, Gonim said on on Twitter, "I'm not going to talk to the press tomorrow. I'm going to talk to my people through my Facebook wow. page." And then the great moment, you know, when he said that he wanted to on CNN that I want to meet Mark Zuckerberg, which I'm sure he will now to thank him. Wow. Meanwhile, we have this whole I think rather silly argument going on about the you know the 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 triumphalists versus the curmudgeons, uh, where. Um, to some extent, you're getting Moritzov uh, and a few others are saying that. Well, especially Malcolm Gladwell that oh, this is not the Twitter revolution. Facebook ha- revolutions boy, happened before them. Boy, boy, did Malcolm get it wrong? <laughs> oh, geez. oh, boy.
0: I mean, this is this is. I mean, you couldn't have a, a, a more right on the heels of Malcolm Gladwell's New Yorker article saying Twitter just promotes the status quo. It's not used for
2: revolutions. And then this ah. happens. Uh, <laughs> There's a great cartoon of Malcolm Gladwell hits the, his tipping point.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I got nothing against the guy. I love his stuff, and I've read his books, and uh, he's a great speaker. Oh, uh, the he, hair is ridiculous. The hair is a little silly, but he got it wrong, and that's and that's the point. And and uh, the naysayers who said this Facebook, Twitter stuff, it's uh, it's just trivia. I think I have to now kind of say, look, the internet is changing the world.
2: There's a plate of crow bones ready for him. Yeah, yeah.
0: the internet. Yeah. Digital technology is changing the world, not always for the good, but in yeah. general for the good, because I think the free flow of information ultimately benefits everyone. It promotes. The
2: problem it. is that they keep on trying to um, shoot at a made up right. red hair. They you, keep on saying, the triumphalists say that, that, that Twitter causes revolution. I Find me the person who says that. I know no one who says that. Right. Everyone I know says this is a revolution. It's a tool. People. It's a people use revolution. use tools to their right. advantage. Right. The people who did the revolution said these tools were valuable to us.
0: You still have to fill the square. And in some places, like Libya, you still have to throw your body in front of a tank. Okay. Twitter won't do that for you, but it sure no. is a tool. And uh, And I have to think that, I mean, the fact that Egypt... Uh, cut off the internet that Libya is now cutting off the internet tells you something that this is a tool for democratization. Yes. We said that t v would be that, and I think in some ways it was it certainly it certainly showed people another part of the world. but the internet is so unmediated. I think in the long run it's a better tool for that kind of democratization
1: and an interactive you have to have an entire community of people ready for change. You know it has yes. to be it has to be the community has to be ready, and then the and then the tools will work.
2: It's just pretty darn exciting. Well, you know, there's there's another way to go. I, I, this is going to go away. What the hell? This this is this is um, side side road day on on Twig. Uh I interviewed uh, Elizabeth Eisenstein, who wrote uh, the the definitive book on on Gutenberg. In fact, I'm reading her next book for a plug right now uh, about about Gutenberg and presses: Divine Art, Infernal Machine. I think the and, Gutenberg and Press is a very good analog of what's happening today. I, I believe that. Now, uh, Morozov yelled at me and made fun of me for it, but F him. Well, um, you, I mean, and, look. You know, she said, and, and I have to be careful because I didn't quiz her enough on this, but she said that, that the Gutenberg Revolution to some extent skipped Arabia. Printing in some quarters was, oh, was forbidden for three centuries. The same, and, and, and Siva Va- Va- got mad at me for that, that it was too simplistic. And, I, and, and she's not saying very carefully that Arabia was in the Middle Ages. She's just saying that the impact was different. Different. And in a sense, what's happening now, because they, they, they stayed in some measure in oral tradition, the impact of printing wasn't the same. And now their Gutenberg Press is Twitter and Facebook. Yeah. And, and the, when people are empowered to speak, look at the amazing things that happen. Mm. It happened with the Reformation. It's happening again with tools that enable the public to be public, which is a plug for my book, but what the hell? Well, this is the subject. It really yeah. is. So it's a great time. Yeah. Yeah. Public parts. This is what Gina said before about about you know, being a great time to be alive for Watson. It's a great time yeah. to, be, to see not only machines empowered, but people empowered. I Absolutely. feel very
0: fortunate that uh, early in my career as a journalist, I said, I think I want to cover technology. Uh, well, boy, that was a hell of a beat.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for me, it was like, oh, this web thing is kind of interesting. Kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really glad I said not that.
0: <laughs> I mean, damn. I can't claim any prescience, but boy, I feel lucky. We, are, we yeah. have ringside seats, and, and, and everyone who watches Twitter has ringside seats to a, a world that's changing so rapidly. I can't wait to talk to Ray Kurzweil in a couple of weeks. Oh, great. It's going to be great. Time for our tool, tip, and number of the week. Let's start with Gina, Gina Trapani and her tip of the week.
1: Sure. Uh, my tip this week is actually a little bit of a tool. Or um, all of us, or at least I'm so going to start putting so together okay. my... Uh <laughs> Our income tax return soon, uh, which is always a thrill. Yes. Um, but there's a really cool data visualization you can you can that, that shows you where your tax dollars go. So you go to datavizchallenge.org. Um, there's and click on see an example. You can enter in the year and how much you paid in taxes, and then where that money went. And a really neat interactive uh, visualization that lets you zoom around and see exactly you know what where your money's going. And this data comes from whatwepayfor.com. Uh, which was a data visualization, not not that didn't have anything to do with Google. Google was so impressed with it, though, they started this data viz challenge that said, "Hey, let's look at, uh, you know, let's let's look at different ways that we can see get insights into where your tax dollars go." So this kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier. When you have the data, you know, what are the interesting ways that you can look at it and insights you can get into it? Uh, so yeah, Leo, you've got it up on the screen there. Like you can say in 2010, if you paid ten thousand dollars of federal income tax, uh, you can see that twenty five hundred went to national defense. Uh twenty three hundred income security, twenty five hundred to social security, and it and it breaks it down into a really cool interactive graph. So Look at the size of
0: the
2: interest. <laughs> <laughs> that thing is floating away. <laughs> Holy cow. That is that is really a great uh great uh It really is. I so mean if you want to have a discussion about the economy and where we're headed in the spending. This is the kind of data and making data available to people. It matters. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Absolutely. I thought this was really, really cool. And that data dot org. They're asking for more different and interesting ways to look at these numbers, to break these numbers down. So, so you can put uh, in
0: the numbers yourself and come up with a new visualization for it.
1: Right, right. Yeah, on this visit, you can change the year and your filing status and your income. But you. But they're actually looking for different ways to visualize. So this is kind of a bunch of, you know, sort of um, vibrating bubbles. Right. <laughs> but they're looking for a kind of uh, other ways that, that you can look at tax data like this. Right.
0: Uh, Here's one from pardon. Slate. Um, click the green play button animation of the data this is this is neat data visualizations are fascinating oh. uh, these are this is unemployment statistics by the way i
2: want to t- i want to learn it so I can teach journalists it's so important oh it really it is, is it,
1: it's so important I, I just went to the edward tufte's a one day course you and did? i just i did oh, it was amazing he was here in san diego yeah he it's was up
2: here and i missed it
1: completely worth it worth really it? worth it yeah d- great really good day of of thinking through um, a whole, a whole lot He's and you get guy. his books he, with it get you get all his books
2: so what I'm is what is, he, is it is it a hands-on uh or a possibilities session or
1: um it's a, a possibilities session so he, he's a really good speaker it's a one day deal you get all of his books and he basically shows you examples of good visualizations what are the characteristics of a good be- visualization uh but very engaging i mean it's definitely not a, 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 it doesn't feel like a lecture uh you're reading and looking and seeing examples throughout through, throughout and i mean all day i was just Writing you know pages and pages of notes of ideas that I had for think up and uh, and other and other apps, but it really it, it, it makes you really zero in on what makes a good visualization and and how important visualizations are and how important it is to be truthful and honest in them and how and how important it is to show data in the right way to tell the whole story. so yeah I highly recommend the class
0: this uh, I've always loved this poster. my dad has this on as well Napoleon's um, March
1: yes. To yeah, Moscow so,
0: in the War of 1812.
1: Yeah, the best data viz ever made in the history of data visualization.
0: Yeah, that's uh, so amazing,
1: cool. amazing image. Yeah. yeah, we looked at that one actually for quite a long time.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's so neat. I'm so jealous.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I recommend it. Oh yeah. lot. He, he, well, he comes a lot.
0: every year. He's comes. He comes to uh, the big cities every year. He travels a lot, and his his uh, work is uh, what the, the the visual display of quantitative quantitative information, something like that.
1: Yeah, that's one of his books. He's got he's got a few books out.
0: Wow, I'm jealous. I've always wanted to
2: see him. Your number of the week, Mr. Jarvis. I think I'll do this one. 304,899, which after two weeks is how many followers Howard Stern has.
0: How many? 304,000?
2: Yeah, it went up, ramped up pretty quickly. The reason I mention it is because uh, he He did something. He Twitter for a long time. He made fun of Twitter. He wouldn't do Twitter. I went on the air trying to convince him to do Twitter. Why would I do that? Why would I give it away? And suddenly, before he went on Letterman, he decided to do it that night. And then he's been on, and and Stern being Stern, I love what he did next, is that he was sitting at home, uh, private parts, his movie was coming on. That's not a plug for the book. And um, uh, next thing you know, he was giving the alternative soundtrack, the explanation track, uh, the DVD extra reel to it as it was going on using Twitter. And it's really cool because you can basically go watch the movie and kind of play that back. And it was a neat new use of Twitter that I quite like. That's neat. Oh, I took to
1: uh, it quickly.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's 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 really kind of cool. But while I'm on the numbers subject, I want to. I don't know if I plugged him last week, but I want to mention to everybody all of our friends at Twig. If you haven't started following or looking at Andy Carvin, A C A R V I N. I follow him. Yeah, he's great. I he is magnificent. Him too. He's a an NPR uh, social media strategist who has been tweeting the revolutions and yep. adds real journalistic value, finding the good people, uh, pointing out what's not confirmed yet, asking questions. He has about 27,000 followers. And uh, I'm that, kind of amazed. That's sad. <laughs> yeah, it is. And I, now A-Carvin, the problem is Carvin, A yeah, C A R V I N. You will take over your feed in the midst of something going on. So that's some people okay. are making a list that is nothing but him. Oh, that's so funny. Right. But he is <laughs> Carvin list. He is quite amazing. And I really recommend because uh, I think that he's creating a new sense of what journalism yes. and news are in a world of live feeds. So yes. A Carvin. Trium- and uh, cur- and curation he is a, he, yes. he's the kind of the epitome of a curation film. exactly yeah
1: yeah yeah i started following him after you mentioned him last week jeff and i feel way more informed he really is doing yeah. some good stuff yeah
0: i think i got uh, i got his name from jay rosen remember when jay published that uh, list of uh, journalists to follow on uh, twitter and i think andy andy was one of yeah them. yeah you know i taught regis had a tweet <laughs> not exactly momentous But it was very interesting to watch somebody who's been 60 years in show business suddenly have an epiphany. Mm -hmm. Uh, This aired just as I was leaving, so I hadn't really had a chance to talk about it until now. But uh, uh, we went up to his – I have a little clip of it I can show you. We went up to his office and – I sat down next to him at the
2: computer. Somebody, you give
0: them a message, and they tweet. Have you ever sent a text message? Never. Okay. So it's kind of like that, except instead of going just to one person, yeah. when you tweet, it goes to everybody who's following you. you got a lot of followers. You've got hundreds of thousands of people who watch your Twitter account. Is that right? So if you type something on Twitter... All of those people will see it. Well, who's been talking to these people? Well,
2: I think never Kelly. I think Kelly. Tell me. Well, all right. Kelly tweets right. a lot. I, I want to be a part so of this. So you're on,
0: this is the webpage, the Twitter So region. I showed him, and you know what was interesting? He, this was the day that he announced that he was leaving the show. And so he tweeted a, actually, his first tweet, tweet was quite good. He made a joke, and uh, he said, uh, I just announced that I'm uh, leaving the show. And David Letterman called and said, congratulations. What the hell does that mean? And, uh, What the hell does that mean? What the hell? Leo, what does that mean? And, uh, but but there was this moving moment. I don't know. I haven't. This is the first time I've seen the video. There was a moving moment where he said, "I said now if you click mentions, these are people talking back to you." And he saw all these hundreds and hundreds of. He says, "Is this happening right now?" I said, "Yeah." Click it again, and there was more. He called his wife. He said, "Joy, you got to go to Twitter. They're they're talking. They're." he'd never had this kind of direct connection to the audience and it was actually wow. um it was very interesting to watch this very savvy guy but he's been 60 years in broadcasting Getting this experience. By the way, the guy can't type for... No,
2: not worth a tip. Like,
0: they sped it up. You can they sped it up a table. lot. I was... <laughs> this is an hour's worth of typing. And then I said, watch this. I said, this is now perfect. click tweet. A little joke, a little like, yeah. a little levity. Because you're using the Regis and Kelly account. Regis underscore and underscore Kelly. Yeah. Kelly also tweets in this account. Well, that's account. why I said our show. Right. So I would put a space and then a dash R so they know that this came from you. Oh, okay. Now, okay. Now, now, this is the chance you have before you press that button. And says, "Tweet. Just review it. Make sure that yeah. you want yeah." I world announced by leaving
2: our show today. David Littleman just called. He said, "Congratulations." I don't know if that's good or See, bad. That's a, I think that's a
0: perfect tweet. Yeah, I do too. Now press the press the click the tweet button. Watch Which, this. Where is that tweet button? It's on the it's on the, uh, <laughs> on the screen there. So if you just move, move the mouse there and you press the mouse, watch. watch. The mouse. He You're picks just... up the mouse. Uh, he's gonna. Oh, he's trying to click the, the table. screen. Table. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> this guy, I, I'm sure he's uh, never used a computer. Nevertheless, that's the that's the comedy. But the thing that I thought was really moving is just this this impact. This sudden light goes on in his head. Oh my god, these are the this is my I'm talking to my people.
1: That's so great.
0: It was really a neat moment. But that is not my uh my tool of the week and I'll do this very quickly because we want to make room for uh, TNT which is coming up next. But uh you know as you know there was a terrible earthquake in uh, New Zealand. Many of our listeners uh, are down there. We we wish you all the best in Christchurch. And here is uh as again t- t- Google's done this uh, time and time again. Uh, they did it in Haiti, and they've done it again. The Person Finder, uh, if you're looking for someone, they're tracking about 9,400 records. You can enter that person's name. If you know where someone is, this is you know this is an internet. This is a 21st century bulletin board, but it's amazingly effective and it's very powerful. You can embed the tool on your site. And I just uh, I think Google needs credit deserves credit for uh, for doing this. This is um, AppSpot Christchurch dash 2011 Person Finder dot and I think it was done by Google, right? I believe
2: it was done by Google.
1: I think it was. Yeah. At this point, they probably just have a <laughs> this app. You know, you just roll out. whenever yeah. There's like a disaster, boom, boom,
2: right? Boom. Like, yeah, yeah. That that's okay. I don't know if I talked about this in the show before, but the head of privacy consumer protection in Germany said that using geographic uh, location and face recognition is taboo. It's ever. It's forever bad. But imagine how you could use it in an earthquake to say, "Oh, so and so was spotted. We know. We know who's there." You know, it's, it's, it's incredible what technology could do in those cases to put people back together. Yeah. Yeah, really, really amazing.
0: Jeff Jarvis, the author of What Would Google Do? Leah, What Would Google Do? It is available. Uh, he's got a nice hat from Canada. It's available now in bookstores. Silly and, <laughs> Yeah, you do look a little more <laughs> Fuddish.
1: You do. in Elmer Fudd, that's it. <laughs>
0: Uh, he's also at buzzmachine.com. Great to talk to you once again. I missed you guys. Gina Trapani always at you. smarterware.org. Always uh, always a pleasure. We'll see you next week. We do this show every Wednesday. Now, we're going to be following the Big Apple uh, iPad announcement next week. So we'll have some stuff to talk about, I'm sure. Uh, we are doing live coverage of that uh, starting at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern Time at live.twit.tv March 2nd. And um, then right after that this week. In Google, you can watch live. Thanks, guys, and we'll yeah. see you next time. Baba!